we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. And this is the We Are More season. I'm your host, Simone Roche. And this season, we'll be chatting to our winners, our commended, our partners of the 2022 Northern Power Women Awards, doing what we love doing, which is showcasing, celebrating, and spotlighting fantastic role models. Now, if you aren't quite up to speed, the Northern Power Women Awards are proudly the largest celebration of gender equality in Europe, created to highlight the amazing impact that individuals, organizations, teams and services are having whilst accelerating gender equality and wider inclusion from up here in the North. And at Northern Power Women HQ, we are passionate about continuing to build this community of trailblazers and go-getters and want to get you involved. And a great place to start is by making sure you've signed up to our power platform, which is wearepower.net. There you'll find our calendar events, such as our Power Up Networking Opportunities webinars, as well as being able to nominate for this year awards. What's not to love? So much in there. Uh, We'll put a link in the show notes so you know how to sign up and where you can do that today. Now, without further delay, my guest this week is our Agent of Change winner of this year's awards, Laura Wood. Laura has been working in social housing sector for nearly 10 years and is currently the co-founder and director of Invisible Creations, an organization that specializes in designing products that support people to live well and independent in their homes for longer. Laura is so passionate about housing and generating tangible positive change for some of the most vulnerable people living in our communities. And through her role at Visible Creations and board positions, such as the Women in Social Housing, another one of our winners this year, and Chartered Institute of Housing, in the Northeast. She is dedicated to improving lives and works hard to bring people together to tackle some of the biggest issues we face across the housing sector. Uh, Laura spent the last year collaborating with housing providers to influence their approach to future-proofing homes, working to transform and improve outcomes for people and places. No wonder you won our Agent of Change Award. Welcome, Laura. Welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. Thanks for having me. That does sound a little bit pressure now that sounds like a lot to live up to doesn't it <laughs> hey but you're doing it you're doing it and you're continuing to innovate and con- innovate and and collaborate to make this even more impactful so what did winning the agent of change award mean to you it really meant and still means so much actually to to be recognized for that award i think everything I always do every position I've had, every situation I find myself in. I'm always wanting to try and drive positive change and to kind of bring people along that journey with me. And then to be recognised on a, a platform um, like the Northern Power Women for actually making positive change and, and dry, you know, being seen as a driving force for good is really, truly special to me. And tell us about Invisible Creations. Uh, we gave a little tease in the in the intro in your bio there, but where did it start? How did it begin? So Invisible Creations is really personal to me. Um, it was a business that was inspired by my gran. So it, we were looking at, as part of a project at work, um, 
worked for a housing association, we were looking at how can we support older people to live well and more independently in their homes for longer. And any time you're looking to kind of solve a problem, you know, you go to the people that are closest to you to kind of look at their lived experiences. Um, so for me, it was my gran. I was always really close to her. Anyway, spent a lot of time together. I then just saw kind of her life in a bit of a different light as I started to look at how was she using her home, what was she struggling with, um, and started to realise that, you know, she wasn't as stable on her feet and she was kind of using furniture and doors and things to cling on to around the house that just weren't safe. And as we started to look at, you know, that support and mobility aids that's available for older and disabled people, it became really obvious and really apparent that these are very clinical items. These are products and services that have so much negative stigma attached to them that people would rather make dangerous decisions that could damage their health than get some of these things installed. Um, so for me, it was really important to how do I give my grand that dignity back? How do we make some products that, you know, actually support her safety and her well-being, but make her feel good as well? Because people really care about the way things look because it affects the way that they feel. So we really wanted to create some products that, you know, really helped with both of those things, um, the physical element and the kind of mental element, mental health element as well. So we create a range of products that are like dual purpose grab rails. So you'll be used to seeing the kind of plastic, really ugly rails on the outside of people's house or in bathrooms, public bathrooms to help support people around. They're very functional, but they're also very clinical, remind people of hospitals. Um, so our whole ethos and purpose really was we want to, you know, change the narrative around aging and accessibility um, to something that actually people can be proud of and you know we believe people's homes should be a hospital uh, should be a haven sorry not a hospital um, so we kind of had that in our heads as the design ethos um, how do we create products that you know have that dignity and, and choice and style and keep people independent but you know do that really important job of keeping people safe as well and it really was to help her um, it was help to help that one person in my life, but actually it's spiralled and this business is helping so many people across the UK. I, I met a woman last week who's only 29, um, who actually said, you know, it's not about age. Uh, you know, I'm disabled and I want to remain a 29-year-old girl with personality and choice. I don't want to be in a box where all I've got is this clinical uh, products that really make me feel, you know, bad. So to actually see that and see the difference that making a product for my gran and now, you know, a 29 year old girl down south, it was just so special to know that a business we've created is making a big difference. And I think that's that really sort of celebrates and spots like you as that real purpose led business. And that that phrase that you use, uh, um, you know, the home should not be, you know, should be a haven. You know, it's not just about taking the hospital environment and bringing it into home. Actually, this is a place that is your haven, that is your castle. So why should you? not have that you know something you know to create the environment around you so that you are safe that your physical health is is protected uh, but also your mental health as well and is is that where you start when you're creating these these products thinking of that balance between practical versus the mental health aspect as well yeah so it's definitely both go hand in hand really because everything that exists currently on the market before we started was just very functional. It was just all about need. It wasn't about want or desires. So we like to kind of combine both of those elements really. And 
everything we do is led by the people who need the products and use them every day. So we work in collaboration, we listen, we learn, and we really connect with our customers so that they can tell us, you know, what do we want? What choice do we want? At the minute, choice is so limited, but actually what colours do we want? And actually what things are we using in the home that we can personalise? So everything is very people-centred, it's very collaborative, and that's really important to us is that, you know, in the past, everything has been a one-size-fits-all, um, and we're tr- really trying to create a much more diverse offering. That is amazing, and we'll put information about Invisible Creations into the show notes as well, because I think it is, it's about that personalisation, and, you know, and so when you made that decision well, I think I'm going to create something here. I think I'm going to start a business. You were in the sector anyway. You'd exp- you were trying to solve a problem. But had you had you run a business before? No. So I, um, I've had a bit of a unique career journey, I guess. I used to be a teacher. Um, and then I went into marketing and comms um, in the housing sector. And that's the job that I was doing when we started looking at the invisible creation stuff. And I had a very safe, stable job. But I was so passionate about what we'd created with invisible creations and also I promised my gran that I was going to make these products so I kind of had to do it um it got to the point where we had enough momentum and support I guess to kind of feel like it was a a good decision and I'm still here so it obviously was but it was a massive change to just quit the day job and say actually I'm, I'm going to go and start a business not knowing if it's going to work or not but I think it was that kind of passion and that dedication to believing in something that really matters and that I believe was going to change lives and and, and now is that kept me going so even though I hadn't run a business even though I didn't have some of the experience it, it kind of didn't matter in a sense because it was that passion that saw me through and and, and along the way surrounded myself by people that can uh, bring the skills that maybe I didn't have in terms of running the business so it was a bit of a scary decision but I, I jumped in with you know both feet it was something that I just really believed in so it'll be two years um this year so you know we're, we're still a really new business there's still time for things to go wrong but I think because we launched during covid people were interacting with their homes in a way that they never had before so I think it gave people that real value of a sense of home and what it means to them and that you know this is a really important issue so that definitely had its challenges but it also kind of helped the business as well. Clearly it takes a lot of energy and time to run your own business but why was it important for you to take up these board positions as well? I think for me it's always been about having influence I've got quite a loud voice, I've got quite strong opinions and I've always wanted to be in a position where I can work with others to make a positive difference and whether that's people, place, communities and those board positions give you the opportunity to have a voice um, and to have a bigger voice. You know, there's all right me kind of in, in my um, home office kind of shouting about the things that I believe in but it doesn't necessarily make the change so for me I always saw being on a board as an opportunity to have a bigger voice and a bigger influence and I think for me um, as a younger person as a woman you know in the past I've been told that I've been too young for senior roles too young to be on a board um, but I've always felt that there was so much more I could offer so for me, getting myself into a position of power, of influence um, and getting on a board was really important because it then means I can represent other young people, other women and say, actually, you can do this. There are, you know, a space for us at the table. So that was really important to me, I guess, personally, but also to help others who 
think that it might be a stretch to to get into that position. And what advice would you give to somebody who, you know, might think that they could join a board, but maybe thinks, oh, that's not for me. I'm too young or I haven't got the experience or whatever you are. Or what advice would you give to that person out there listening? I think there's a couple of things. I think the biggest one for me was joining kind of some networks. So actually having some really supportive people around me and and the women in uh, social housing network is a huge one for that in the housing sector, because you've then got Um, a really strong group of women who were there to support you and to spur you on that that really helped for me because I could go to people who have been in those positions and get advice in in the early stages but I think for me it's also don't ever take no as you know as failure or or as a actually I'm going to stop doing this now actually use those no's and use those um, opportunities where things hasn't gone well to to make you stronger and to actually go back and fight for it a little bit harder and I think all those knockbacks I got all those times I was told that I wasn't good enough or I was too young or I was too female um, actually really made me the person I am today because I kept fighting to get a seat at the table and to get a position so it might seem like a challenge. It might seem like a scary thing to do. Uh, but if you feel like you've got something to offer, you will get there. It's just um, you've got to persist. It is. You've got to, you've got to bring that resilience out there, haven't you? Bring that resilience out there. And actually, sometimes the no's just mean it's not now. Or, or, or actually, it's just actually it's not for me anyway. So, you know, sometimes it's just sort of a, it's, it's stepping back and assessing. So as our Agent of Change winner, um, what's next for you uh, to do even more good? within your community so I felt this kind of pressure in a way after winning the award that you know I really want to do something with this you know I've been given this incredible recognition this incredible opportunity to to be an agent for change so even though I'd I'd been awarded and recognized for stuff that I've already done I felt like you know this is a legacy that I need to keep going with so I kind of went away and thought, what can I do that's going to drive even further change than I've already done? So I kind of looked at the housing sector that I work in and and beyond that a little bit and thinking about the work we do with Invisible Creations um, and thinking, actually, how can we do a bit more? How can we get more people to become agent? agent of changes across the country so I'm actually working on a design for dignity campaign that we're going to launch next year that is going to be kind of across the housing sector and it's going to be about the housing sector becoming an agent of change for accessibility um, for really shining a light on you know how do we become better providers of accessible housing how do we support more disabled people the older generation um so it's a big challenge but i think it's one that i'm definitely up for and and the people that i've spoken to already about the campaign are up for it with me so i I just kind of just saw this opportunity that i need to keep going with this and i need to use this award to bring other people along the journey with me so i actually took the award on tour earlier this year so i took it around some of the different housing associations across the uk um, got a little photo with some of them to kind of say look I, I've been recognised for this but I see this as bigger than me I want all of you to carry this award and actually you know embed it across the sector and within your organisation so that's my challenge um, 
um, kind of for the next year and beyond, really. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, and taking it on tour and being that visible role model that you are and all and, and spreading and growing it, that that makes me really happy. We always talk about the awards not being for one night and and how is it, you know, that we were at the start and the end of the year and really celebrating the achievements and and using it to kind of build. So that that really makes me happy. Thank you so much, Laura. And thank you for chatting with me here today. Thank you for having me. Thanks all of you for tuning in today. If you love our episodes, let us know by rating, reviewing and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. We transcribe every episode. We also have a cheat sheet because we always love those little nuggets of wisdom to pass them on and exactly what Laura's doing. Take it on, on tour and it helps us spread the, t- the stories of role models who are accelerating gender equality and wider inclusion from the North. Reach out to us on socials at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women on all our other social media channels. Let us know what you think. Join us next week when I'll be joined by another wonderful role model from the Northern Power Women community. I'm Simone Roche and you've been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast, A What Goes on Media Production. Oh, yeah.